Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines, the in-depth film podcast where two best friends use their patent-pending movie ranking scale to determine the true quality of a movie. Today is Wednesday, March 22nd, 2023, and today we are reviewing... No, it's March 22nd. Okay. We are, we are recording this on March 22nd. Yeah. That's... And you're a father, Ty. Congratulations. Thank you. My son, he's handsome. Uh, we're just like his dad. Uh, it's great. Can you see how much hair the baby has in the ultrasound? Uh, apparently, my son, as of like two months ago, already had a mullet kind of going on. A lot of hair in the back. Oh, that's cool. I told Victoria I will be shaving the sides of my head and rocking a mullet in, in solidarity with my son. <laughs> Today, we are reviewing... The Oscar Best Picture nominated film did not win the Best Picture. Congrats to everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> oh, what? I just, I forgot that that already happened. <laughs> Triangle of Sadness, Ty. The Norwegian, I believe it is. Um, I actually don't know if it's from Norway, but I know, like, I think the director's Norwegian. Um, dark satire film that I didn't know existed until I think like three, four podcasts ago where I said triangle sadness, never heard of that. Yeah. Um, and now here we are reviewing it. Yeah. Who would have thought the way, the way the world works, Ty. Um, <laughs> now we had a choice. We were going to either do triangle of sadness for this week's pod because we may or may not be recording ahead of time. Um, and we also were, we were deciding between this and tar. We decided to go with this and I'll just give a little bit of a spoiler out for this potentially shorter episode that I think we made the wrong choice. Hmm. Okay, well, this was the one you were campaigning for, so I'm glad that the fingers aren't being pointed at me for once. Okay, point them at me, and I'll take them. Point them straight at Riley, because she was the one that was saying, she asked me, do you want to watch this? Like, she was seeing if she could watch without me, and when she wants to see something that bad, or she wants to see without me, I'm like, oh, it's going to be good. You got a little bit of FOMO. (sighs) Let's get into the show. percent of the time, it works every time. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. I don't so I'm not fucking leaving. The show goes on. When two model influencers go on a cruise with a group of rich people, things take a turn after pirates attack their ship and they end up stranded on a remote island. Triangle of Sadness, Ty, the Best Picture-nominated film, yes. isn't being received as well as a Best Picture-nominated film might be received. By audience um, or critics. I believe it's 72% audience, 69% critics. Or 
My brain's fried. 72% <laughs> critics, 69% audience. Um, it's still nominated. Again, it was it was produced, I believe, in Norway, at least a Norwegian um, director. Um, I probably should have researched that during our break. But look, this film, I, again, Ruben I didn't know. Ost- Ostland. I didn't know it existed um until here recently but it got a best picture nom and it's going to go down forever for being that for being a best picture nom um it was a i believe a yeah it went it premiered at cans not sundance but cans cons cans okay in may of 2022 um it received an eight minute standing ovation and won the palm d'or ballon d'or palm d'or <laughs> you shitting me <laughs> it won the palm d'or which other movies that have won the palm d'or parasite in 2019. Okay, what are we? This is this is night and day movies, respectfully. The Palm Door is the highest prize awarded at the Cannes Film Festival. Just so you know, I've lost respect for the Cannes Film Festival. Is it Cannes or Cannes? <laughs> Cannes Film. What is it? It's in France. Cannes. It's Paris. Paris. Cannes. Cannes. How do you spell it? C a n n e s. You're the one who took French, Jay. You tell me. I know Paris is Paris. Bonjour, je m'appelle Jason. Okay, so why can't you tell me if this is cans mon, or cons? Mon, mon, Do you think a French person mon, would say cans? Mon Francois, comme ci, comme ça. No, mon, mon Francois, très mal. Very bad. My French, very bad. Love that. And okay. I don't even think I got that right. Francois. That's real on brand then. Your French is really bad. Francois, très mal. Je voudrais un steak frites. Un steak frites? Je voudrais. I would like steak and fries. <laughs> <laughs> un steak frites sounds German. <laughs> un steak frites. Steak and un. fries. I think just the un sounds German. I'm probably not even saying it right. It's probably un. Or probably just un. je voudrais steak frites. Steak frites. We don't say I would like the steak and fries. We say I like steak and fries. Je voudrais steak frites. Je voudrais escargot. Escargot? Escargot. Like calamari? Snails. I was kind of close there. <laughs> um, Yeah, so this was a hit internationally. It was a hit from the... The snobby film um, circles. Now, sometimes Riley, Riley, Riley's been doing this thing recently. I'm whispering because she's home now. Yeah. And I don't know if she's going to be listening to this because, Ty, you can get on her ass. She hasn't been listening to our pod very much. No. Yeah. She had a job. I don't remember what it was, but she had like an official She was like title. our research department. Yeah. Every time she listens to the pod, I just get she told about. She correct us. I just get told about something I say wrong. Yeah. Which well, it was helpful. Apparently, like two podcasts ago, I said something wrong. Don't even remember anymore. That Anyways, sounds right. She we do been, that a lot. She's been doing this thing. It actually kind of hurts my feelings. Like, I'm, this is like a real... I'm kind of saying it in the pod so she hears it. And like, yeah. I'm being serious. I'm not being petty. It You're actually hoping hurts my she feelings. listens to this. She kind of looks down on my film taste. I've, I've alluded yeah. to this. You have. You said I do the same thing too, though, so... Well, when we were talking about watching the old Rocky movies, she's like, well, you just don't like anything made before 2000. And I was like... Whoa, it hurt my Riley. Fu- like, like, I can't stomach an old movie. That's just not that's not called for. So part of me just wants to love this, just to prove her wrong. What's an old movie you like, Jay? Just to prove her wrong. <sighs> I can't think off the top of my head. That's not a good sign, <laughs> Jay. That's not a good sign. <laughs> What's an old movie you like? Pulp Fiction. <laughs> it's because I said something when because Gavin was saying how the Rock because Gavin was saying all the Rocky movies were better than the Creed's movies, and I said I find it hard to believe that movies made in the 1970s were better than movies made in 2015, which Rocky won. Obviously, is the goat of the Rockies, but every other Rocky movie is ranked like below the Creed movies. So I still feel justified in saying that. Yeah. Um, I like old movies though. Like what? <laughs> what do you classify as old? I like Back to the Future. Well, you you were, consider that old? Absolutely. Anything pre two thousands. Your argument was pre two thousands. 
give me some examples here. Fight I, your fight. I like I like Back to the Future one and two. Never seen three. I like um, Goodwill Hunting. I don't like Forrest Gump. Pulp Goodwill, Fiction's okay. Goodwill Hunting come out in the nineties. Ninety eight, I think. Ninety nine. Ninety seven. Okay. Um, I like. What are your thoughts on? I'll just I like go through a couple here. The little bit of Silence of a Lambs I've seen. Okay, you ever seen Fight Club? Never seen it. Okay. Um, I'm just going through. You know what I do need to watch? Casino. That feels like a movie right in my alley. 100%. What about some Jim Carrey, like Truman Show? You know, me and Riley started the Truman Show. I was actually kind of into it. And she turned it off because she wasn't paying attention. She said, this feels like a movie I need to pay attention to. Uh, so who's the one yeah. that can't, can't yeah. watch our movies now, huh? Spin Zone. Uno reversed. <laughs> Got her. <laughs> Toy Story. How about that? That's an old movie. What about the original Star Wars? Never seen him. You know that. You're just setting me up to f- make me look dumb. Breakfast Club, pretty good. Outsiders, pretty good. Beetlejuice, yeah, yeah. Not that good. Do you think there's someone who feels like they're middle-aged who's really sad right now that we're calling these movies old movies? My father. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably pretty bummed out. Top Gun, never seen it. E.T., never seen it. Okay. It's not my face. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Boom. That's an old movie I love. How about that? It's a great movie. That's a mic drop. That's a great movie. That movie was made 10 years before I was born. Yeah. Last time the Dodgers won a World Series before 2020. It's the last time the Dodgers won a world, real World Series. <laughs> Shout out to those. I would like to ask her what movies from the 70s she likes. Yeah. Don't don't just take that. Don't just take that and accept that verbal cinema abuse from her, Jay. Stand your ground. Look, Say, I, I just recently proclaimed that Steven Spielberg was the greatest director of all time. I did. You're right. You said that. I did. She didn't say that. No. You said that. Thank you, Ty. <laughs> I just as someone who loves the Twilight movies, I'm surprised she's coming at me yeah. for my cinematic taste. Yeah. Boom. Mic drop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's the person who recommended Drop Dead Fred to us. <laughs> Let's not forget about that. Look, I'm not I'm not I'm gonna be the bigger person. I'm not gonna look down at other people's cinematic tastes, even though sometimes Tyler has really bad cinematic taste, aka the Tomorrow War. I can tell you though that Riley also wasn't a fan of Triangle of Sadness. So this isn't a movie that we I don't did need not tomorrow. See eye, eye I don't on. need Tomorrow War Slander. This is not a movie we saw eye to eye on. You shared with me before the podcast. It took you three watches to watch this. Now, <laughs> that makes it sound bad. I was just crunched on time, and I had to split it up. And luckily, this movie was divided into very, very distinct segments. Even though the third segment didn't have a title card like the first two. They just forgot to put it in. Correct. <laughs> but I have, like, pre-boat accident, post-boat accident. Yeah. And pre-boat that- accident. Pre-boat. Pre-boat. Pre-accident. On-boat. Off boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it worked. I watched it. You know, I split it up. I watched it. It still felt linear. Um, It was okay. Fair enough. It took me two watches, and that's because the first night we watched it, I literally fell asleep. Yeah. I, I, I like, was dozing off, and I woke up, like, ten minutes had gone by. I was like, right, I don't remember what happened. We got to just finish this tomorrow. <laughs> I I can't do it. And I we go to bed late, and this was only, like, ten o'clock, and I was just like, it, that, that kind of tells you how I may or may not feel feel about this movie okay you want to get into it yeah ty let's jump into a plot slash story break it down for us what'd you give it so plot slash story we start off segment one pre-boat we're introduced to the model character eric sounds about right eric i'm gonna guess his name is eric what carl god damn it carl um by the way the female lead actress in this passed away in august 2022 no way yeah, she had her spleen removed in like 2008. I think it was her spleen, and um, she died of like bacterial sepsis. 
Because I guess when you get like your spleen removed, you're more um, susceptible to stuff like that happening, becoming serious. And she unfortunately passed away. That's awful. Yeah. She was actually not bad in this. No, she wasn't. That's I agree. a bummer. Rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Um, you start with Carl. Uh, we're introduced to Carl and he's at like an audition thing and it's kind of awkward and they have him performing and you get that he's kind of, you know, he's just a model. He then, we then see that he's dating Yaya. Um, they go out to dinner. She doesn't want to pay for the bill. He pays for the bill. She's kind of, uh, manipulative. They leave, they go to the hotel. They're influencers. They don't have a lot of money, but they're social media influencers. That's everything they do. They then go onto the boat that they're on for free because they're influencers and they're going to talk about being on the boat. With a whole bunch of filthy rich people who actually paid to be there. Uh, boat gets attacked by pirates. They end up on a deserted and island. And there was a big storm where a lot of people threw up and I had to look away. Very disgusting scene. I That's wanted to erase that from my memory. I didn't watch it. That's what started me falling asleep because I was closing my eyes so I didn't have to watch it. Yeah. And then I just fell asleep. <laughs> Very disgusting. Um, that happens. Then, then the pirates attack, mm-hmm. which could have just had the boat sink in the storm. But they decided to have pirates attack. And then we end up on a deserted island, and then they survive on a deserted island, and it's kind of like a role reversal of society, because the worker who had to do, like, everything the rich people wanted to do becomes in charge, because she can actually has, like, survival skills and isn't just, like, a useless rich person. And, and in the end, they find refuge. They find it was a resort the whole time, the yeah. island. Find an elevator. Cliffhanger ending. Did yeah. she or did she not kill Yaya? You have no idea. And it's up to the viewer. If the viewer... The viewer might think she killed Yaya because, like, like you think that um, that character, whose name I can't remember, wants to remain in charge of the island. Or maybe someone's like, no, someone would never do that. And then it's kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure ending. million percent. Which I don't hate. Like, and then you get Carl running. Is he running because they've been saved or is he running because Yaya got killed? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. And that's how the movie ends. Roll credits. Yeah, I kind of like the ending. I'll be honest. I, I, I like when you kind of leave it. Up, especially when. So the whole point of this movie, the whole reason it was applauded for seven minutes at cons, was because it's a societal deconstruction message. Um, I can't commentary think of the word, commentary on the rich, the yeah, uber rich, for sure societal structure and um, hierarchy. That's the word I'm looking for, and everything. That's what it was, Ty. Yeah, what, I, we get it like early on with the one assistant lady who's in charge saying like whatever they want whether it's drugs like anything illegal just do it for them because they have money and then we get in a situation where there's no money involved and it gets flipped and they literally do anything for the person who just knows how to survive who was one of the people who had to do anything at the beginning and you get that role reversal and and like you said deconstruction so what do you think of that whole part one of the whole like dinner argument now i'll be honest carl like i'm never that extreme but sometimes, like, I, I've i never done this exact example, but, like, there's times a little bit where I, I, I like, he was kind of, like, trying to ease on, egg on an argument. And in my past, mm-hmm. you know, I'm trying to get better every day Yeah. as a fiancé, as a friend, yeah. as a father to my beautiful dog, Maurice. Yeah. In the past. Soon to be godfather. It's already godfather. Oh. I'm already a godfather? Uh, at the time of recording this, yeah. But he's not born yet. Yes, he is, Jay. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> broke the fourth wall. No. <laughs> um, I've done dumb stuff like Carl did in that intro where it's like you're yeah. kind of just egging on the argument for no reason. Like he was trying to get a point across, but he wasn't doing it well. Yeah. So I kind of felt that. That being said, I still didn't understand that whole opening sequence, what it accomplished for the characters, what it meant. I didn't understand it. Mm. 
Okay. Yeah, I'm stupid. I don't know either. <laughs> I I get what they were doing. I was laughing. Like, it's oh, kind of funny. Uh, oh, you were? And I laughed at multiple points throughout this film. I did. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I didn't. I laughed. Um, I don't get it, though. Like, it was very rude of her to just be like, thank you. And then, like, I didn't see it. And he was like, you didn't see it. She's like, yeah, I didn't see it. She made it later. She did see it. Yeah, that was just a lie. And he knew it was a lie. Yeah. And I, I'm with you. I've done things where maybe sometimes I'm like, no, today is the day I want to talk about this. You know, just let something slide. It happens to the best of us, you know? And then you don't approach it in the best way, and yeah. it turns into an argument instead of a constructive conversation. 100%. You know, maybe it's one person's fault more than the others that it turns into an argument. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, but, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. I, I get the point of showing like that they're influencers, but they're not rich, and they live this fake lifestyle of pretending to be rich, but at the end of the day, they're not. I guess that's a good. That's kind of a good. But the argument part of it, I don't. It just like it was funny, but I don't know. Is it seen? It seems not bad enough to go on like our best worst scenes of the year, right? I don't think because those so. are like scenes we kind of laugh at. Yeah, but this like about. I was like genuinely laughing at the awkwardness of it. And... Not you, like a laughing... I was laughing with it, not at it. What'd you give it for plot slash story? An eight. Okay. I like the underlying message. I like what they tried to do. Look, man, very much like the other Oscar-nominated movie, Banshees of Inishirin. It's just boring. <laughs> I told you beforehand, I felt like I was watching a silent film because at times, like, stuff just happens. And, like, people are talking, but they're just, like, words are coming out, but they're not talking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're saying things, but they're not saying actually whole saying lot anything. Exactly. And, like, the movie's just kind of, like, events happening rather than the conversations being had. And it's just, it's really boring at times. It's funny, and there's comedic moments and everything, and, like, it works to tell that underlying message, and it's a uh, sat- satire. When, yep. When's it? Yeah, comedy drama. Dark satire. Satire. S- satirical black comedy. But, like, the events are funny rather than, like, what people are saying. It's not like they're cracking jokes. It's just like the awkwardness of situations. Um, I don't know. It, it's, it's really boring. I gave it a five. Okay. Even lower than me. Um, and the only reason it gets credit is because I understand there was like the underlying message and I liked the way the film wrapped up. I actually did like those last five minutes. I was actually intrigued for the first time. All freaking movie. Yeah. Um, Look, it's just like a whole lot of nothing happens. Like I I get what you're trying to do is you're trying to show these this this societal structure and the social classes and everything and then literally watching it get flipped on its head. I get it, but come on, man. You made a boring film. A lot of the stuff with Carl and Yaya just didn't make a lot of sense to me. And look, call me stupid. Mm-hmm. All the people at Cannes, cons, call me stupid. But like we watch a lot of movies and like we pick up on a lot of underlying things, a lot of, you know, the, the key elements of it while we were about to dive into that. But, like, just these tonal things or, like, the underlying messages or what they're trying to say. Kind of like the Banshees of Inishirin where you had to look up that it was, like, Civil War. Yeah. Which, it was funny. I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about movies for a little bit. And, like, the one guy was like, yeah, it's supposed to be a metaphor for the Irish Civil War. I'm, and I'm like... You could sniff it a mile away. Like, dude, you looked that up. You yeah. didn't know. No one Someone in America. Someone else told you that. Yeah. No one in America knows, unless you're like a history major. Yeah. Which, in which case, fair point. I will I will rescind my offer. Okay. But no average American looks at that and is like, ah, 
That's the Irish Civil War. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's like, oh, that's war. I could at least see someone picking up the war metaphor. Yeah. But the Irish Civil War? Not Come a chance. on. There's no. Yeah. We're I, transparent here. We say that we got that from someone else and we're stupid. I feel that way about this film where I feel like if I look up what does this mean, blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, okay. But if it's so like over my head and over the average audience's head and just like not even remotely like. Uh, oh, I'm I'm stuttering. This break, movie's breaking my brain. <laughs> Other than the overall like kind of societal satirical Commentary. nature of it, of it, yeah. Besides that, there's like nothing in depth. Like I'm sure every scene has like this meaning that the director meant. I'm gonna have to Google every single one because yeah. I just don't understand. I gave it a five, and I'm sorry if I'm stupid for it, yeah. but I'm not gonna apologize for being stupid, even though I just did. <laughs> this movie's you got said, me wound up. You said, and I quote. I'm sorry I'm stupid, but I'm not going to apologize for being <laughs> stupid. Case in point, I'm stupid. <laughs> that's a, that's a, you couldn't write something that wonderful. <laughs> Look, all my brain power goes to writing, okay? I can't talk. You were at with me in Target a few weekends ago when I was talking to your, your wonderful wife, and I literally just like... Like you could hear my 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 brain just yeah it just all came out of my mouth and I was trying to grab it back like did I just you, did you intentionally mean a few weekends ago from this record date because that was yeah a few weekends ago hypothetically Ty. It's March twenty second twenty twenty three four days ago <laughs> it's March twenty second twenty twenty three okay <laughs> why'd you look at your watch <laughs> because watch it has the date, date on oh, it okay. yeah fair my laptop doesn't oh it does <laughs> it sometimes works it sometimes doesn't um yeah I don't. I don't, it's like there's like you said there's a lot and the commentary's there and that's why I gave it an eight like the commentary's there and I like how they flip those norms and and all of that but like give me more I don't care about this relationship it's awkward it's weird like it creates tense awkward situations that I laugh at but like I don't care about anyone and yep. then stuff happens I, the the tagline for this says the perfect comedy for our times like. No, I don't think so. I think Step Brothers would still be a perfect comedy for our time. Damn, Ty. You're pretty good. Um, you'll know why. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Some satire hits with me. Like yeah. the movie Honk for Jesus, Save Our Soul, Save Your Soul, whatever it was. Yeah. You weren't as big of a fan of that film as I was. No. Now, you know, religious satire is really funny to me. So maybe I just need to get into societal class structure satire. Yeah. And maybe I would have laughed at it more, but I, I just, I don't know, which goes into the key elements of um, the whole thing I'm talking about is like the, the meaning of all this and everything. Like a lot of it just doesn't land. It's not going to land for the average audience member. And I think a lot of those people that were giving it an eight, seven minute applause at cans thought they understood it, but they didn't. But it was like the smart thing to do to really like it. And this is, feels like one of those movies where it's like, oh my God, this movie talked it, like, it's such a perfect reflection of our society. And then everyone just keeps saying that and they watch it, but they don't want to seem stupid. So they just keep pretending like they know what it is. And then the cycle just repeats itself. Yeah. The triangle of sadness repeats itself. If anything, this film coming out is a bigger message about society, yeah. about everyone in movies thinking they understand what the fuck a movie's about when it, they don't. It's the circle of sadness. That's going to be our movie, Ty. We're making a movie about just, we're going to make a movie like this. Should we make a satire about political or social satires? I want to make a satire about how people think they know like the deeper meaning to every movie and then people yeah. will dissect our movie and then we could just come out like a year later like, oh no, it didn't mean anything. Like we were literally making fun of you guys. That's yeah. what the deeper meaning was. Yeah. I would love that. I don't know how we're going to pull that off. A lot of money. <laughs> I landed at a six for Key Elements. 
Okay, elements. Okay, here is where I w- I'm going to give it a little bit of credit. It made me laugh throughout at some of the awkward moments and tense situations, and I didn't laugh once. Okay, I did. Like I'm, I, I did. I laughed three days in a row at this movie uh, because of how <laughs> I viewed it. it. It made me laugh, and I, I like some of that subtlety. And maybe I like I like uh, social commentary, and you like political commentary a little bit more. It was religious commentary. Um, religious political, commentary. Politi- political commentary is also funny though. It is. Don't look up. There's political commentary. wasn't funny, though. Nah, it was all right. Um, <laughs> it was kind of funny. There were some funny parts in it. <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh. The overall message of it works for me, and that's what they're trying to do, and like all of this works. And uh, The commentary with the Woody Harrelson character and the captain of the ship. Being, yeah, tell me what it is, because I don't, I don't know. I think it's, uh, it's how they're shitting on the rich. They're shitting on the powerful as well, the rich and powerful. And this guy is by far the most incompetent one to be in charge, but everyone has to listen to him and do what he says no matter what. And it literally, I mean, shit, maybe it literally ends in a shit show mm-hmm. because of him. Like, very, very literal shit show. <laughs> um, and I think that's a commentary on, like, you know, he got to power, but he's underqualified, and everyone has to listen to him because he's powerful and in charge, despite the fact that everyone else knows better than him. And it it creates this havoc. Like, I, I think that kind of commentary in The Rich, all of that stuff works. It's still a boring movie. The story isn't there. The drama isn't there. It's not a hilarious comedy. It makes me laugh, but it's nothing crazy. I'm a little above average on the key elements. I I think this is probably part why it's getting all the Oscar buzz is this category. I'm just I don't care for it. I What'd gave you it give a it twelve. No, it's getting Oscar buzz because everyone wants to pretend like they're smarter than they are yeah. with movies. Exactly. I feel like Armin White right now, dude. This yeah. is what Armin White thinks about every movie, though. You think so? Yeah, that like every movie has some deeper meaning, and everyone. I don't know. Actually, I don't know. Pretty sure he did give this a rotten, by the way. No way. This was right up his alley for some. Yeah, rotten. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's the commentary and class structure. Maybe he thinks he's one of the rich elitists. Who knows? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Visuals, guy. cinematography. I uh, there's some attention to detail. There is. I guess they let some of the scenes linger to make the audience uncomfortable, and that works. They do. I don't think anything was particularly special, though. If I'm being honest. Okay. And that's all I really have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I gave it an eleven. Okay. A little bit higher than you again. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of scenes where there's like a lingering annoyance throughout. There's the yeah, the annoyance of me having to watch this movie. Damn. <laughs> there's a buzzing of a fly throughout. There's like the monkey howling in the back of the jungle while they're trying to have a conversation. There was a baby crying during the dinner scene where everyone's throwing up. And it, it creates this kind of chaotic nature. Because you're watching something and all these events are unfolding and there's this repetitive thing that 
is adding to it. And even in the calm moments, there's still something going on. And I think that that, that is something that stylistically you choose to do and create this havoc in your boring movie, <laughs> which like, I, I don't, I'm going to give you credit for that. I think it wasn't anything shocking with the, the camera work. I think it looked fine. Um, I think those kind of choices and the, the open ending and everything, like you get a little bit of credit there. I'm at a 14. Mm. I think the audio and everything with it creates similar to like an uncut gems, this kind of uneasy feeling throughout certain scenes and everything. And that's how it's shot yeah. and and what they did and created that. So I'm, I'm going to give it a little bit of love there. Okay. Fair enough. 14. Still not a lot of love. And it's nothing crazy, but. I won't refute your point, Ty. I appreciate that. What'd you give for characters? Characters. Um, earlier we said that this movie, it's a whole lot of nothing. People talk, <laughs> people give performances, but they, they don't say anything. I think a lot of people in this are fine. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not appalled at anyone's terrible acting or anything like that, but there's just tying with story. Like there's no character arc. These people are thrown in a different situation and the environment changes around them, but the characters themselves do not change. That that you know, the hierarchy of power and everything that changes, they do not change whatsoever. No. They're the same person from beginning to end across the board. It's not like the useless model influencer becomes Mr. Survival. He stays <laughs> a useless model influencer and basically becomes like a prostitute for fish. Yeah. Uh, like the rich billionaire dude is like I I don't know how to do any of this. He's like, you can't get mad at us for not knowing. And then he just like carries a flashlight around. And it's just like, here, I'm, I'm being helpful. <laughs> While the hard worker stays the hard worker, it's just they respect her now That's as opposed to. point, Tyler. 100%. But I'm saying the characters themselves don't change at all. No. And my thing, uh, they none of these rich characters are like different for me. I don't know. Like, I feel like there was like, again, it's one of those things where I'm not understanding the deeper meaning. But I feel like like you had a chance for each of these characters to like be like a different almost satirical thing. You know, you have the rich like Russian guy that sells shit. Yeah. Um, which I guess that's supposed to be a satirical joke, you know, he sells literal shit. Yeah. Um, you have like the other rich guy who buys them drinks at the bar, which that whole scene again just feels absolutely pointless. There's so many scenes in this I'm like, how did that necessarily attribute to the overall meaning? You have the lady who had a stroke and can only say one thing. And she has, like, her moment at the end where, you know, she gets help and she can only say the one thing. But, like, I don't understand. Like, none of these characters, like, represented something. Like, yeah. knock at the cabin, the the six character or the three characters, the, whatever it was. The four. The horsemen's four final the horsemen's, whatever. Like, it could have represented a different type of rich. And maybe I had to dig deeper. I don't know. But I just, I felt like it was just like, hey, let's get a bunch of people to play these, like, shallow rich people. And let's get, you know, people not play shallow rich people and tell the satirical story. I agree the acting wasn't very bad, but I don't think it was very good either. And I just was bored by these characters. I really, really was. What yep. You didn't give your score. What did you give it? I, I, I get nothing blew me away, but I can't sit here and say any of them were bad. I gave it an eight. Look, I'm probably being too harsh, but I gave it a five. <laughs> it does feel like your other categories are bleeding into this a little bit. <laughs> like there isn't a bad performance. It's just because there's no real performance. Due to the nature of the movie, so like I, I don't know, small sample size, I guess. I don't get a chance to do anything, so I can't hinder them. Yeah, I don't know. I maybe maybe it is bleeding into it. I give it a five. I just wasn't 
wowed by any of this. I don't know. Yeah. Again, I don't think anything was like bad, bad. But then again, it was just like, am I going to give it points because half of the movie was just them sitting in silence so they didn't have a chance to act bad? <laughs> that's that's fair. <laughs> I can't argue that. I'm not going to give it one through four because it wasn't like, oh, my God, look at that acting. That guy is the yeah. next Artemis Fowl. But yeah. I don't know. I gave it a five. I wasn't interested in any of these characters. I tried. I really tried to understand like the deeper meaning yeah. of e- if there was of each character. And besides the Woody Harrelson character, which I didn't really pick up on, but you did. That made sense. All the rich people were just all. Well, excuse cool. me. Sound like Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> they were just like all the same message person. I don't know. And again, yeah. maybe I'm just dumb. No, I agree. Like there, you could have done something where there's, you know, generational wealth, where a person who never worked for anything and it was just passed down all this money. Then you could add someone who's like military wealth and he made money off, you know, killing people. You could add someone who, you know, struck it rich and it started was from the, the ground up and the grenade, I guess. People. Yeah, but that was just like a side moment. That wasn't like a character. Like there's different types of rich. Someone yeah. who started from the bottom and worked their way all the way up and have become incompetent even though they weren't to begin with. There's someone who's had everything handed to them. And there's not. There's just rich people who now listen to this worker who knows how to start a fire and fish and wants blonde model dude to have sex with her in the boat. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. it. That's all there is. Mm-hmm. There, there's nothing. Enjoyment going to be a pretty quick pod, Ty. Look, you could tell by everything I'm saying so far that this isn't going to be a very high number. I think you had a blast with this film. It was boring. Yeah. It just made me mad. It makes me mad how well it's received. If this movie was not received well, if this movie was like a not received well movie and I watched it, I might be like, oh, that might be a little bit of a sleeper. <laughs> but it was just received <laughs> so well. And I was so bored, I literally fell asleep, which never happens. I hate naps. I hate falling asleep when it's not my designated bedtime. <laughs> and it made me fall asleep. I didn't enjoy it whatsoever. I would not recommend this to a single person. I can't imagine who I would recommend this to ever. Ever. Yeah, I'm not. I, I'm probably going to have a higher score than you, but I'm with you there. I couldn't recommend this to a single soul. It is getting... The second lowest score I've ever given it for enjoyment since I started tracking my scale. Oh, my God. Which I probably gave something lower than this before I started tracking. The only movie that got lower is Last Night in Soho, and that's because I was very scared. Okay. Never given another movie this score. I've given some threes. I've given some fours. I gave this a two. Damn. I hated this movie. (laughs) I've only ever given out one two for enjoyment, and that's Thunder Force. I, I gave it a two. Night Shift got a three. I enjoyed Night Shift more in this movie. Firestarter got a three. I, I I would rather watch Firestarter than this disaster of a movie ever again. At least Firestarter, <laughs> I could laugh at it. I could laugh at the freaking cat scene. I I'm I'm higher on this movie than you. It's not a good movie. I did laugh throughout. I enjoyed some of the awkward situations. I got the commentary. I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like it's fucking incredible art cinema. You're smarter than me. I get it. I, I think so. I did have to, you know, slow it down, use small words to explain some stuff to you a little bit there, but it's all right. Um, what'd you give it? A two. I quadrupled you. I'm on an eight out of <laughs> twenty. Um, I, I didn't hate hate this movie. I don't I understand how on any planet it's getting the love and and Oscar buzz that it is because it's. This Bad. is what this is what makes people like hate the Academy Awards and shit. 
It's because like highbrow movies like this where people are like, oh, it's it's a commentary on society. Like, <laughs> no one fucking cares, dude. Just give me more Top Gun Maverick. I want to point out too, like, we've given we're we're not big guys in giving super super high scores for like these artsy Oscar bait movies, but we've given good scores. Power of the Dog has a seventy seven consensus. You liked that movie a lot less than I did. You gave it a seventy one. I gave it an eighty three. But still, you gave it a 71. That's within the lines. You at least, we at least respected the craft. 1917 has a 92 and a half consensus. Yeah, but that's kind of, that's a war movie. But like Nomadlands, another movie where like almost like nothing happens. Okay. One best picture. We gave that a consensus 77. So like, yeah, we might not give these like, quote unquote, right next to Power of the Dog. Actually, they both have a 77. Um, (laughs) I had to search them to, to see that. That's funny, even though they're right next to each other. Yeah. It's not like we're like, oh, nothing happened in this Oscar bait movie. We're dumb. It's going to be a really bad score. But, like, I, I just – because we, we're not going to give them 90s, but we're going to give them respectable scores. This just wasn't it for me. You know, this just wasn't I, – I, I'm just a little lost for words, Ty. Yeah. Did you type something in our sheet? In our sheet? I saw you typing a lot. No, I'm, I've, I've got post-podcast notes uh, to go over with you, but – Okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, like, we're not, we're not idiots. We watch all these movies. I don't. Speak for yourself. I'm dumb. And I won't apologize for it. Yeah. You're sorry? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I just, I don't get it. It's not great. It does, definitely isn't an Oscar favorite. Like, it's unique and it's artsy and. This is a film class movie. Yeah, 100%. And like that. While there is like a a place for that to just kind of dive all the way in, you can do it better than this. It's been yeah. done better than this multiple times. Um, God, I feel so bad for all the future like kids that are taking like an intro to film class to have to watch this movie. <laughs> I feel so bad for them, and have to write like a freaking research paper about the characters, pick a character, and talk about how they were representative of a societal norm. Or something yeah. like that. That's a hundred percent already a prompt that a teacher, a professor, is thinking about. Yeah, this movie is a homework movie, and it's not a good one. Maybe that's why I hate it so much. Yeah. As someone who's taking a film class, I took video productions. <laughs> Sorry, a college film class. You did not do that. <laughs> <laughs> I finished with a fi- uh, final score of fifty out of a hundred. Um, probably much higher than you. Would you give it, Jay? This movie. Is below the line for me. No, not sorry, sorry. This movie, I draw the line on. No shit. Damn. I draw the line is a zero to a 39.5. Which, we've never established. Can we give zeros? We can. We never have. I feel like just, you get, like, it's really a five to a hundred. Let's go. But we can. Triangle of Sadness finished with a prime number. I thought you were going to go 33 for the triangle three sides 29 out of 100 oh my god it's under 30 that's a really bad score jason i hated this movie i hated it i'm Uh, sorry i'm not gonna pretend (laughs) that makes this oscar nominated film the best picture nominated film triangle of sadness uh it gives it a final score of 39.5 out of 100 bringing it down to draw the line consensus good i'm glad i did that 
It puts it at 156th out of 173 films. It is with the likes of 2020's Mulan, Home Team, Disenchanted, the really shitty Pinocchio. Not A lot the of one Disney that, Plus movies here. Not the, not the one that we reviewed last week, the other Pinocchio. <laughs> uh, you People, calm, recent one. Uh, I mean, shit, you're there with Me Time and Cry Macho. And this is an Oscar-nominated film. Have you put... Oh, I noticed something. Um, I'll tell you after the pod. Um, you have... Po- I had post-podcast notes for you, so you wanted to join in and have post-podcast notes for me? Yes. Um, I'm okay. glad my score was the perfect number for this to be draw the line. I'm fine with this being the gatekeeper to draw the line, All right. even though Disenchanted has the same score. We already had a gatekeeper for draw the line, and you just tied it. But This is the movie where you might hear... Your friends talking about it. You might hear the Oscar buzz. Oh, do I have to go see this? No, yeah. you don't. Don't worry about it. You can. Your out. life will be worse if you go see this. Let me tell you. I'm just gonna randomly scroll on our sheet here. Don't watch this movie if you're thinking about watching this movie. Instead, stop. Go watch uh, Palm Springs on Hulu. It's a good movie. That's a great movie. It's a much better movie than this. Should have had an Oscar nom instead of this. It wouldn't didn't come out in the same year. It's impossible, but. I should go, go watch back that and rewatch that movie. That's a pretty yeah. good movie. That was a nice tie. little random movie I chose there. <sighs> I hated this movie. Yeah. I really, really did. Look, I'm sorry. I, I fell asleep. It just it wasn't good. And I asked Riley after. I said, Riley, what would you give this? She's like, mm, probably like a 28. So Out of 100? Yeah. Oh, so she also hated it. She was high on it, but. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm glad I can point the finger at you guys this time. Because usually it's a lot of stress putting the schedule together. And you had two movies. And I said, let's watch Tar. And you said, what about this movie? And I said, okay, Jay, we'll watch your movie this time. And it just didn't work out well. I didn't hate it as much as you, but it wasn't good. Is our schedule on a sheet? Yeah. Oh, there it is. Um, I just want to make sure we have a movie for next week. The following oh week. Oh, my gosh. Why don't you delete freaking rows? Why do you have, like, all the way from January 26th? Coda. I don't know. It's kind of cool going back and seeing our schedule and what it was. You just keep it going. Current day. If you'd like, I can add in a feature that highlights what week it is so you know where we're at. No, that's all right. I see right here where we reviewed this and said it's Shazam 2. Yeah. Darn. Bummer. I mean, good thing we got some April 26th, May 3rd openings to go back and fill back in. Well, yeah, we'll fill those in eventually. I'm excited for next week, though. As a dad, this is going to be a fun movie. John Wick 4. John Wick 4. You okay there? Yeah. yeah. I just, I, I'm sorry. My brain hurts from talking about Triangle yeah. of Sadness again. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully we are... Um, yeah, well, hopefully we are what? We're going to review that movie next week. <laughs> There's no hopefully anything. We're going to go watch that movie. It's going to be a blast. Man, I haven't seen a single John Wick. That means I have a week to watch all three John Wicks. Yeah, that sucks. It's coming out so soon after this podcast it comes out. Just like I had to watch two Creeds in four days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Random Rotten Tomato audience score. We kind of jumped the gun talking about last week. I said you're a genius because you freaking mentioned the movie I was going to say, which I feel like I've done this movie already. So maybe I'll just pivot real quick. Step Brothers? I'm going to pivot and pick a movie that's on the You Might Also Like tab of this film. It was Step Brothers. I thought about the boat. I thought about boats and hoes. I thought about this is going to be like the quintessential comedy you show your child when he's old enough and it's appropriate. Um, And you literally said it was the quintessential comedy in the podcast. So I'm going to pivot to a movie that says You Might Also Like just because, I don't know, a little bit different. I'm going to go with. I don't know if you've seen this film. You're definitely familiar with this franchise, and I know you've at least seen one of these franchise. for sure. Okay. That is the film, Harold and Kumar, 
Escape from Guantan- oh. Guantanamo Bay. Very fun franchise. Seen all of them. Very good movies. How Neil- many are there? I know there's this one and the White Castle one. White Castle, Guantanamo Bay. There's the Christmas one. I think that's it. There might be another one. Okay. Um, very fun movies. Neil Patrick Harris, very notable gay actor, mm-hmm. um, plays a complete dickbag womanizer, gets shot and killed, and then, if I'm not mistaken, goes to a bar with Jesus and gets kicked out and comes back to life. This is Guantanamo Bay? In one of these movies, maybe this one, it's shot and killed by a prostitute. Um, It is Neil Patrick Harris playing self in this film. Playing a fictionalized version of himself, and it's just wonderful. (laughs) Very funny films. Um, Audience score. Audience score for Guantanamo Bay. It's high. If you're watching this movie, you're high, and you're liking it. (laughs) I've got to imagine we're 85%, square number five, 85%. Don't tell me people hate this. Don't tell me the fucking Christians got to it and were like, ooh, brown people and drugs. They don't hate it, but they don't love it. Okay. 60% audience score, 52% critics. Damn. Yeah. I wasn't even close. Which, when I'm looking at the review, all of them are positive, so I don't know. I said Christians there. I just meant general religious people. I don't want a single one out. Fair. Most religious people are usually pretty judgy of drugs. Fair enough. That's a bummer. This person says one star. I assume you have to be stoned to like this. <laughs> I mean, it helps, I'm sure. A lot of these bad reviews actually are people saying not as good as the first one. So maybe it was just a case of it wasn't horrible. But first one's very good. Guantanamo Bay still a fun watch. There's a disgusting scene where they are in prison um, wrongly because he creates a smokeless bong uh, to smoke weed on an airplane. And he's an Indian dude and they assume he's a terror. Middle Eastern, you assume he's a terrorist. And it's a bomb, and he keeps saying it's a bong. Oh, and they hear bomb, and he the plane gets landed, they get sent to jail. Well, the first one has a 74% critics, 80% audience. So okay, I think it's a case of people just being yeah. like, hey, this one's not as good. Um, I, I, it's still pretty good. Very problematic. Some scenes. I bet. <laughs> I bet it is. Um, like you said, next week we got John Wick 4, Ty. Um, that's all I got for you, my friend. Yeah. This is a bad movie. I'm glad it didn't win Best Picture. Me too. Me too. Yeah, I'm, I'm so, so happy Top Gun won instead of that. Congrats to everything ever all once. <laughs> Next week, John Wick. Go watch it. In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody.